That was the cleanest game I've seen this offensive line play. They only allowed four pressures the entire game. Well, and that's that's what's really, I mean, really for a Nebraska offensive it. line to only allow four pressures in a game. What we've been seeing over the last yeah, handful of years, one, like, sure. especially yeah. what happened last week against Michigan State, where Harbrook yeah. sacked seven oh, times yeah. in that game. Yep. Yeah, that was an abject disaster. Yeah, loss, just yeah. a disaster in that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what made the the turnovers and the decision making by the quarterbacks even more frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you guys actually have like, <laughs> are you so confused by the fact he that you so aren't much rushing around? Like, what's <laughs> <laughs> you have time to throw the ball? <laughs> Shit, I. Don't remember what color our jerseys are. <laughs> All right. We've got a special guest in here today. Josh Peterson from 1620 The Zone. Afternoons. Welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. Never heard of him. Are you on anything else <laughs> other than the afternoon show? Uh, I, I, I do too many things right now. <laughs> I know you do yeah, a lot. I do lots of podcasts. Uh, I announce various sporting events, and I hang out on Twitter sometimes. What are so. your other podcasts? Uh, I host a running podcast called Chasing Three Hours. I host a uh, Patreon podcast with Jack Mitchell from Lincoln called the I-80 Club. Nice. Uh, so become a patron today for as low as $3 a month. And I guess that's it. So yeah, and the day job. He had my favorite quote this last weekend after the Iowa or after the Maryland game. Jack did. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty positive it was him. He mentioned or he said the only th- the only difference between Iowa where they are with their record and Nebraska is that they understand who they are. Yes, hundred percent. Something to that effect. I'm not quoting it exact, but yeah, I I loved that. Um, how long have you guys been doing that one? I, I guess I didn't realize that was out there. We started that one in uh, late summer of. 2022, so like right before Frost got fired, and uh, oh, Jack shit. was someone who was like, you know, bring him back, let's run this thing back, and so we we do a couple pods uh, a week. We we do it inside of an app called Discord, and so we do it live for sure. all of our patrons in there, and we've had some pretty steady growth, and so it's just kind of a, a new way for us to do something different and make a little extra coin on the side. Nice. Yeah. Are you guys focused on? Just Nebraska football, or mainly Nebraska football. He he wants to talk Husker hoops, of and course. so we have other people who <laughs> sometimes come and hang out with him and talk Husker hoops. The cool thing about Discord too is like it's kind of like a modern version of a message board, and that like the community inside of there converses with each other, and it it's very it's not like you post and then you have to refresh the page. It's like it's almost like a chat, like an instant message type kind of interactive. So, nice. Yeah. Interactive. So yeah, it's really cool <laughs> in that way. So yeah, we mainly talk Husker football. Uh, Mike Schaefer and I every uh, every three weeks now we do an NFL podcast in there. So like oh, we started doing some different stuff. We have some guys that do a Nebraska basketball podcast, but yeah, <laughs> our our angle is mainly Husker football and college football in general. So, nice man, that's yeah, awesome. pretty fun. Very cool. Well, I appreciate Jed getting you on. He's he's got the connections. I'm always happy to respond <laughs> the, to texts from the, Jed. Always happy. <laughs> The lifelong I don't know about uh, always, radio. But I appreciate radio it. Guy. No, man, Jed's, Jed's <laughs> been uh, he's been always nice to me. Going back to when I was an idiot producer, he probably hated me and thought I was stupid. You're not Lacey when I first showed up, but uh, we've developed a good relationship. I remember going out to dinner uh, quite a few times when I was going through my divorce, leading on Jed oh, uh, a handful of years ago to a local spot and. It, watching him order Jaeger in the wild, man, it, like it's not a bit. No, it's not it's a bit, not a bit at all. It's not. He's yeah. earned every bit of that tattoo on his calf. <laughs> yes, it's he actually. Has. Yes, I, I think. It, I think it's more aggressive Jaeger when it's in private. Yeah. So when oh, yeah. when when the Jaeger girls that are out handing out swag and stuff see him, they just they just avoid him like the plague. <laughs> see him like, too many times. He has everything already. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all there. 
And he bought it off the website. Yes, I did. <laughs> he didn't even I wait for us to show throw it at him. <laughs> Most people stuff this in the garbage can on the way out the door. Yeah, it's just weird because he knows them all by name. Right yeah. now. <laughs> wait, where's Tracy this week? Hey, before we go any further, I want all you junkies to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, well, we unfortunately have to break down a little bit of the Maryland game since we just decided to bail on the entire show on Sunday. I was frustrated. I know you guys were frustrated. Were you frustrated? Yeah, I had to do the post-game show. <laughs> yeah, no, you had to do yeah. Yeah, from the non-normal studio. We were not on 1620 because Creighton played that day. And so oh, we were shit. on News Talk 1290 Coil. Uh, it was a shit show. The, the stuff wasn't working. I couldn't access the, the, the phone. It, oh, was no. a, so yeah. it wasn't just the offense that no, day. And, was... sir, and, oh, you want to know how many times that showed up in the YouTube chat? I'm sure. <laughs> oh, wow, it's just like Nebraska's offense. Yeah. It was a bad time. So, yeah, the game was also terrible, too. It's hard to do a call-in show without being able to work the phone. Yeah, yeah. so poor Chance had to ask. He had to do that. at the I don't know, maybe 90 minutes in during one of the breaks, he goes, I haven't uploaded a single podcast because he had to be doing all this other crap the whole time. When you guys upload little chunks while you're going along, yeah. Correct, you? yes. I actually, I actually was kind of thinking about starting to look at maybe even just doing like half-hour chunks of our bigger shows because sometimes we get shows going two-plus hours long yeah. and... Ain't nobody listening to the end of that, no. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't get us to shut up. That's all it is. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. We always, there's lots of times where we plan and we're like, let's go like 30, 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden we look down and it's like an hour and 15. It's like, well. <laughs> it's the ones that, that we think on. we're going to go short. <laughs> and we always wind up long. Yeah. Every time we come in here, like 15, 20 minutes tops. Yeah. Okay. Hour and a half later. Because <laughs> we do shit like this and avoid talking about the crap game. Yes. Yeah. That's um. Bad. Is there anything I, to even talk about outside of turnovers and then some turnovers? I, I think we had a couple turnovers and then there were some turnovers. <laughs> you forgot one. Oh, there's a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's another one. Uh, no, Jesus the, the one thing that I was going to start with on this game is the offensive line. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, and, and I felt amazing because I said that to you guys on Sunday. I thought when Rule backed it up on Monday in his press conference, that was the cleanest game I've seen this offensive line play. They only allowed four pressures the entire game. Well, and that's that's what's really, I mean, really for Nebraska offensive it, line to only allow four pressures in a game. What we've been seeing over the last yeah, handful of years, one, like, sure. especially yeah. what happened last week against Michigan State, where Harbrook yeah. sacked seven oh, times yeah. in that game. Yep. Yeah, that was an abject disaster. Yeah, just yeah. a disaster in that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what made the the turnovers and the decision making by the quarterbacks even more frustrating. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, you guys actually have like, <laughs> are you so confused by the fact he that you so aren't rushing around? Like, what's you have time to throw the ball? Shit, I. Don't remember what color our jerseys are. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like a basketball player gets it down low and there's no one around him, and then they end up like bricking the layup. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was the same type of deal. But I, I, I love the fact that it seemed like we were getting a lot of push on the left side, running the ball. They were very, very com com comfortable behind Jenkins and Prohaska. It seemed like um, Ben Hart again. Bashed the shit out of him prior to this season. I got to keep giving him props every show. <laughs> he he's he's been a dude that I've ridden hard the last two years as just being terrible. He's been our best offensive lineman this year. What do you think about that? We have not really said his name a whole lot this season in a negative capacity. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny. <laughs> sometimes you have to like have conversations. I think with different type of people um, to to maybe see things through a different lens. And so I'm hearing you say that, and it's like, wow, you know what? We have not really brought him up in that negative way like we have some of the other guys this year. Uh, I continue to be impressed, like at times with what not at times. I really like Emmett Johnson, and and again he ran the yeah. ball 
Well, and it, it makes it all the more frustrating. I've been begging for them to give him 20 carries for like three weeks now, and at least he, he got close to that number. He had 17, and he... Again, like, the thing that I love about him, and I am a broken record on this, is that his yards per carry average is very good. It's it's always around five, but his long is never insane. It's this the week it was, what, 29 yards, right? Yep. And that was on the mm-hmm. last drive of the game. So you're talking about a player who has consistent yardage on almost every single carry. And, again, that's what makes the, the last drive and, and what happens at the very, very end of the game so frustrating. We, we talked about this in the last show about the offensive line and how, you know, it's very easy to criticize the offensive line. Yes. Because over the last handful yeah. of years, that's been the punching bag. And this year, it's been so much better than what anybody expected going into the season. By no means are we saying that it's what we want ultimately, yeah, but it's still a shit ton better. Especially with the injuries. Yeah. I'm still so confused that knowing what we knew going into the season with Travion Henderson at Ohio State um, and their their offense, just yeah. in a general sense, the two offensive or the two running backs and the offensive line returning for Penn State, uh, Blake Corum and the offensive line at Michigan, uh, Braylon Allen, depending on, of course, what kind of offense they were going to be running, but Braylon Allen being Braylon Allen. And still, right now, we are still leading the conference, and we go through four running backs, <laughs> like 10 offensive linemen. They don't respect the pass game. How the hell are we leading this conference I know. in rushing? And the thing is, too, it's funny. I, it doesn't make any sense. No, and Jet, I, I, one of the things that I, I've been pretty critical on lately is, like, the numbers have just started dropping. Exactly. You know? And, like, so, because there was a, a press conference within the last couple of weeks where Rule brought that up. He's like, you know, we're still number one in the conference in yards per game. And I was like, wait, wait a second. Really? Mm-hmm. And I opened it up, and sure enough, they are. And then when you hear all the names of the backs that you just mentioned or the really good offensive lines that you just mentioned in Nebraska with all of their faults and all of their problems, like, some of the games don't tell the full story, right? Like, you look at the Michigan numbers, and you're like, wow, they rushed really well in that mm-hmm. game. No, it's because Joshua Fleeks had a 75-yard exactly. touchdown <laughs> on one of the last drives of the game. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, they, this is who they've been all year, and they've, they've had to play three separate quarterbacks, a ton of running backs, a bunch of different offensive linemen, and there's no pass game. There's there, I mean, you do not have to respect the pass game whatsoever. <clears throat> and they're now two games away from finishing the season as the number one rushing offense in the Big and Ten. And inexperienced wide receivers blocking yeah. oh downfield. Like, yeah, it's it wild. All across the entire offense, it makes zero sense that a team like this would be leading a conference like this in rushing 10 games into the season. No, not at all. It speaks, though, to the job that uh, both Rayola and what um, wide receivers coach, I'm forgetting his name. Garrett McGuire. Yeah. McGuire, the, the job that they're doing, teaching run blocking. Regardless of whatever else is going on, <laughs> that shit's locked down, mm-hmm. especially by the wide receivers. Some of what we're seeing from guys like Malachi Coleman, I know I say his name every fucking week, but the young guys that we have out there that are blocking downfield and opening those bigger holes, because like you just mentioned, Josh Fleeks for 75 yards, how many games do we have where we don't have at least multiple, one, two, three, four explosive plays, 25 yards plus, in the run game. Well, Heinrich Harburg had two of them pretty much every game that he's played. And, yeah. you, and you bring up Rayola and McGuire. I think you also got to say EJ Barthel getting, what, six running backs ready? Oh, that too, yeah. And playing at least. I'm just talking about from a sheer blocking perspective. I, I get it. I'm just saying they're actually running the ball. So, like. <laughs> I, I got to give a little bit of credit to EJ Barthel getting that many players ready oh, yeah. to be able to get this many yards. Yeah. It's been fun to watch as far as that goes, when we can hold on to the ball. And that was the, that was the crazy thing, too, to me to hear was that of the turnovers we're leading the, uh, leading the country, 
132 out of 132 or 131 out of 131 for for 29 total turnovers. Only five of them have come from non-quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and especially That's when you so bad. What do you think back to the first <laughs> game of the season and what was the there were two really memorable turnovers in that game for for the offense. The Sims interception obviously at the goal line right before the half. And then, of course, the fumble at the end of the game by Anthony Grant. So one of those everybody's held on to the Anthony Grant grudge. Well, yeah, all fucking yeah. Year but long. One of, so so you think of one of the non-quarterback turnovers happened in game one, and it's probably the most memorable turnover of the whole year. Yep. And then the the non-quarterbacks have only had four others the rest of the season. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's bonkers. It's, we got lucky with a couple of those because the I think it was the shit. Which was the what? Which game was it that uh, um, your boy Camp went out? And he popped that one straight up in the air. It looked like a cartoon turnover. Oh, yeah. Illinois. Oh, it went, it, no, that wasn't Illinois. It was at home. Uh, Northwestern? It was Northwestern the week after. Yeah, and it, and he... Uh, that was early, th- right? After yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Were, there were like three fumbles in that first quarter that didn't get turned over. They weren't yeah. lost. Yeah. So we've gotten lucky on some of them, but... The turnover luck has definitely gone away. Like, in terms of the ball bouncing on the ground and where it oh, ends up yeah. now. It's totally <laughs> gone away. 50%? Yeah. Like, we have... We've lost like 50% of our fumbles. Well, we've shifted. We weren't throwing a lot of picks in the first half of the season. Now it's all picks and yeah. very rare fumble. Ugh. It's been wild. To say the least. <laughs> that is, that's one way to put it. Yes. Was there anything I mean, anything outside of the defense that was positive out of this game? I mean, we did have punt well, return yards. Let's, let's not just skip over it. We coughed the ball up five times, and they scored 13 points. Yeah. The defense I said, is. I said st- outside no, of the defense. We're saying. gonna get yeah. there. The defense is still fucking insane. Yeah, yeah think yes. about. I don't want to talk about the offense anymore. The, the, so the last two in, games, but. eight total turnovers. So they've given the other team the ball eight times, and the two teams have scored a combined thirty-three points. Yeah, thirty-three points, and they've been gifted the ball eight times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several uh, on our side of the field. Yes, I'd say Emmett Johnson is my only kind of other you know positive takeaway. Um, you know, in terms of just the offense, For but sure. but I but I already brought him up earlier. Before we move to the defense. I have a question for you. We, I was told, I did not hear this. I, I wasn't, I wasn't listening that day, unfortunately. But mm. I was told that you two, in the beginning of the season, questioned Thomas Fedoni and his <laughs> no. effectiveness. This is a safe space, by the way. Uh, I, I have am been, I gonna get shushed? No, I've been, not. I've not been beating this drum since the <laughs> night of the Illinois game. We had people over for the Illinois game. And I was a little tuned up, and when everybody left, I was watching uh, Connor McFadden's Corn Corn Craze post game show, and I commented with him, and and he he debated that whether or not and he loves Thomas Fedoni, thinks he's amazing, and then it got brought up the next week. He interviewed Character, and Character was like, "Oh no, Thomas Fedoni, Thomas Fedoni, gobble gobble gobble," <laughs> and <laughs> not turkey. Um, <laughs> but but I I brought this up to Jed. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man. Josh is like the only other person I've heard not sucking his dick. And I was like, I was like, well, we need to fucking talk to that guy because I think he's been terribly underperforming. Hello, I've arrived. Uh, Yeah. So this was after, I believe it was after the the Minnesota game. Where and the funniest part about this is this all starts because of an Iowa fan tweeting at me and saying something because we had talked about him on the air and I just said like. I have I, I've given up hopes on him becoming that player that we hoped he could be the superstar. Yeah, yeah. And it, so again, every time I ex- explain this to people, I feel like it's such a rational opinion, and then obviously it's turned into something else. So I just I have kind of my expectations have moved. He's I don't think he's going to become an All American type tight end anymore. And so this Iowa fan tweeted at me about him, and I said responded something like, "Yeah, I I put you know to bed the hopes of him ever becoming that guy." Well, Mister Fedoni apparently searches his name on Twitter. 
because I am calling. Oh a, boy! I'm calling a soccer game that night, later that night, and I and I open it up at my phone at halftime. I'm like, why do I have so many mentions right now at seven thirty <laughs> on a Friday? I'm like genuinely confused as to why this would happen. And I end up finding out, oh, there's a tweet from Thomas Fedoni, and my, I mean, it's just a tire fire. So I just, I mute the conversation, so I'm like, I'm not going to see this anymore. So the first time that he scores a touchdown, and he does the shush thing. Just gets blown up. Everyone's like, he did that to you. And he basically says after the game, yeah, I did, you know, he doesn't name me, but yeah, he did it to me. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's it's so odd. <laughs> and, and, oh and so my then this, God. this caller called into our show within like two weeks after that, and he was like, you know, he wanted me to apologize, and I was like, for what? I don't think he's going to be an All-American. I think he's good, and I think the guy was caught off guard because he didn't know what I said. He thought that I said he sucks. I just said I don't think he's going to be, you know, the best tight end in the country. And so then he got really, really mad at me, and yeah, it's been an odd, odd season. No one really tweets at me anymore, though, because he hasn't really caught the ball a whole lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my biggest thing is I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that he's terrible by any no. means or that he's a bad tight end, exactly. blah, 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 blah. He's an average tight end. He's just an average he maybe tight end. even is slightly above average, but for everything he was built to be coming in, and that's what it and, is. And and he's had a bunch of injuries and all these different things that have not allowed him to play for a lot before this. I think it kind of pussified him. He doesn't like to take hits. He gets barely brushed and he goes down. If he does have the ball, if he catches the ball, he drops it constantly. I just you that, don't see him reach for balls. You don't see him try and make those spectacular plays you expected pass catching tight end to make. Yeah. I it's, think that's why you were going off after the Illinois game because he had like four drops by himself in that game. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if they just don't count tight end drops anymore for Nebraska games or what because they're not supposed to catch the ball. We're not gonna <laughs> catch the, ball. <laughs> the last well, the last couple of games I'm like I know vivid like I've gone back and looked. He's dropped passes and they don't they're not clocking them. So I don't know I don't know what the deal is, but like is, of, of all the tight ends that we've had over the last handful of years, he's not better than Austin Allen. No, he's not better than Vokalek. No, like he's targeted more. Yeah, is what but, he is. You know, yeah. and so it's obvious that that you know, not to do the whole roommate bit, but it's obvious that them being roommates is like a it's a positive, oh, yeah. for, but it's also a negative for the offense because it seems like all these interceptions that Harburg has thrown lately, he's airmailing Fedoni and they're just going right over his head. And with or how big Fedoni is, how the hell do you airmail? Yeah, him? exactly. <laughs> well, you throw it twenty yards past your target. <laughs> that's, that's how you're pulling that off. Um, on to the defense, Matthew. I'll let you go. That, no, I already said my piece. They were fucking amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know how you give They had up, three takeaways. I, I, also that, but I don't know how you give Maryland the ball that much and they come away with 13 points for a game. Yeah. Uh, especially, we, we talked in our last show about how much we were worried about Maryland being able to pass the ball on us. Yep. Mm -hmm. They couldn't throw the ball around. They had two big plays at the end of the first half that made our defense look bad. Outside of that, I can't think of a time where I was concerned. And both of those were on Hartsock, and I instantly texted. I was like... Yep. I was like, ah, I'm starting to game. wonder if he is fast enough to play on the back end of our defense. Because he got straight up beat on both of those plays. Yeah. It was not It was not a move. It was no. not anything. He just got flat beat. And that yep. wasn't something we were seeing in most of our games prior to this. And so, outside of that, <clears throat> I can't say a bad thing about our defense. Yeah, you know, game. there's been so much talk about the last drive and how, um, you know, if they, even if they would have gone for the field goal, they still gave up the points, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, the drive before that, they get the takeaway that even allows for the offense to get that opportunity yeah. again. Yeah. It's, you know, they continue to get put in just the absolute worst spots every single week. And I thought that this was a great bounce back performance from them after what happened versus Michigan State, where they Absolutely. just seemed so freaking sleepy. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was such a disappointment because, yeah. you know, you expect the offense to be bad. You don't expect the defense to have some of those kind of plays 
but they they were they were right back to what we expected to see from them, you know. And I thought you spot on about the pass defense. Yeah, and I thought that. I mean, you look at the numbers for uh, Talia, and it's like, wow, his yards per attempt was super low in this game. Yeah. compared to what he was able to do otherwise. And when he dropped back to pass, when he when he was moving, that was like the the times that I was concerned. Otherwise, it was like I don't think this yeah. is going to end well for them most I, of the time. I think some of that was him being worried about getting hit. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he Hummacher, definitely was, Hummacher was back there the entire game. Yes. Well, him, just, him and Ty Robinson. I thought this was one of Ty Robinson's yes. best games oh of the God. year, too. Yes. They he was, they he was a set monster. up shot behind that offensive yeah. line. I hope that shoulder isn't too bad. Yeah. Because he had it all wrapped up in the postgame press conference. And at one point, he walked off the field and his arm wasn't even moving the whole Ugh. time he was going off. I was like, oh, shit. And then mm-hmm. he was back like a couple of plays later, but still. Matt can speak to playing through the rest of the season with one of those. There's nothing you can do in season. You yeah. just got to deal with it. Well, yeah. and he's got two, hopefully three games left. So whatever. Yeah. Just do it. But, you know, one of the big things about that last drive for Maryland's offense is, I know, I know your brother Danny was at the game, my son Ryan was at the game, and I talked to him about it. I said, you know, one of the big things is if we score, yep. just kick the field goal, how that stadium would have been I know. on that drive yep. would have been on fire. Ryan, Ryan was telling me that the, that whole drive with Purdy, number one, uh, fans were chanting Purdy's name. <laughs> he said for, it took for the three plays, and they were chanting his name. And he, Ryan also said that there was like it was just like a a rumble that like a, was growing like as they were going down the field. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to happen with so, the third stringer. So, yeah. like, if that would have happened and they would have scored there, I understand that Maryland ended up going down, kicking a field goal to win the game. The way that that stadium would have held, they would have already crashed the South Stadium because that stadium <laughs> would have gone nuts for that last drive for Maryland, energized the shit out of that defense, and who that's, the hell knows? That's how much our fans, demo costs. That's how much our fans <laughs> yeah. are so desperate for a good quarterback. Yeah. They just they want to anoint anybody yep. king. They just want to see it. Yeah, but, so I, I heard that people started leaving after the turnover, and I just the exact opposite of what you were describing happened, where there was this crescendo, and they turned the ball over. And I think, I mean, my reaction was, oh, now they're going to lose. Yep. You know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that that was exactly what the reaction was inside the but, stadium. Well, all, that, yeah. all of the air came out of the balloon at that point. That's what I asked Ryan. I was like, how deflated was that stadium when they threw that interception? He's like, it was that whole buildup and just, oh, yep. yeah. Drop the beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I don't hate that play call as much as everybody else does. I don't. I, th- I think it was run. It was executed poorly. It's a very standard, very traditional play call on third and goal, short. Not you, with a third string quarterback. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's the, that's where I always find myself. <laughs> in the Who's discussion. your best passer? How do you know that? Because they said it. We were talking about this before the show, and Jed made a very valid point. He said, "Is he, is he our best passer because of he's a good passer, <laughs> or is he our best passer because the other two are so god awful at passing?" Yeah, you <laughs> like, him on a curve. He hasn't shown, and I'm not saying that he sucks at passing. He hasn't shown enough for us to sit here and say he's the best passer. No, but <laughs> if everybody gets an to F, say, you can't to give say the, the exact best same passer. thing though. <laughs> to say the exact same thing though. He hasn't shown enough to say that that's a bad call because he doesn't make it in practice. He was out there playing with a bunch of dudes he doesn't play with. It's also not just he doesn't take first team quarterback, and they ran their routes incorrectly. That's the part. That's the shitty part of it too. Is that they're in the same spot? You know, supposed to be in the back corner. It's not just on him. Yes, he underthrew the ball for it to be back. I'm blaming Satterfield for calling the play. I get it, but you also (laughs) don't just give up. You don't. You don't Bill Belichick it and pack it in and take the field goal every time. It doesn't work. You go off tackle one more time and see if you get in the end zone. Rule said, uh, on. Purpose of that series of plays was to run the clock. They made a mistake. 
Purdy made the mistake of not handing the ball off on the first play, so he clock, he basically threw it out of bounds, stopped the clock. If your purpose is to run clock, then on the third down also, you do not throw a pass for any reason whatsoever, because even if it's in the back pylon and it goes out of bounds and it's incomplete, the clock stops. Is the purpose of playing a football game to run clock or to score points? In that situation, it's to run clock. Score points, run clock, put the best part of your team on the field. That's the defense. You want to talk about trust as far as third string quarterback, all that stuff? You trust that defense. I'm with you, but they got the they got the chance to make a stop right after that. And they didn't. They, you're right. So. But I'd rather have us put the defense out there with a lead than with a tie game. I just don't agree. Especially don't when it it's on though. the five-yard line. I'd rather see the points on the board. Did you have a take yeah. on that? The, oh, I'd yeah. rather see the points on the board. Called a field goal. Yeah, I think I think that <laughs> I think you want to you want to put your team in a spot that gives them the best chance to win. And I think that the best chance to win would have been running the ball, chewing some clock, kicking a field goal. Because if if they're down in that moment, let's say it's ten to seven, I think there's a very valid discussion to be had of: Do you really want to tie the game and then have to go into overtime where you've been pulling teeth all day? That would have been different. But since it was already tied, I was totally good with the idea. Of go, I wanted them to go for the field goal. You know, once once the first play and second play went sideways, it's like just get out of this drive and don't have anything dumb happen. But I also have like no trust in the quarterbacks right now. Yeah. I have no trust in the offense right now. Um, yeah, what you were worried about happening happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't have anything dumb happen. That's yeah. about as dumb also, as it gets. <laughs> also, you brought up that this was the best game that the offensive line has played all se- all season. Trust the offensive line. Run another Plus fucking Johnson play. Plus, Johnson just had that 29-yard <laughs> yes. carry, you know, I'm, like a few plays before. I don't, I, I don't I disagree don't... with you, but they were absolutely loading the box down there, and that's all they were trying and to do was get the they still ran the ball field. really well the entire game. Not once they got inside the 10-yard line. Well, try it again. I don't have a problem with that play call if it's in the second quarter, whatever. I don't even that's have fine. a problem with in getting the situation, first down. I would have been okay with it even. In the situation... It was a terrible play call. I don't even have a problem with getting creative, but get creative on the ground. Yeah, yes. the thing the thing that I, I have like disliked about the discussion is that it seems to be this like you are aggressive or you are conservative. And and I, I haven't viewed it that way. I didn't think that they were being aggressive. I thought that they weren't being smart. Because in that moment it's just about trying to win. And and what do you so it doesn't the, the idea of kicking a field goal doesn't mean you're giving up. It means you're trying to win by three instead of trying to win True. by seven points. I, I had this conversation with somebody on Saturday. And I brought up situational awareness. It's not just situational awareness of where you're at on the field or what the score is. It's also who you have out there on the field. We've talked about this all season about Satterfield needs to call plays that fit the players that he has out on the field. I don't believe that through all of the stuff that we've had all season, that play in that situation at that spot of the field with the score the way that it is, the, the time on the clock the way that it is, fit the situation on the field. Fair enough. I don't know. I feel like my, my whole gut just says they wouldn't have called it if he wasn't used to running it in practice. And I think he just fucked it up. I think they fucked it up by running it wrong. He wasn't, he wasn't throwing it to guys he was used to throwing it to. Is what it is, because it's also not a get cute. It's not a, it's not a get exciting play. Rule even called it out. He's like, he's like, it's a Peyton Manning special. This plays as old as time. It's a very, very standard third and goal play. And we just didn't execute it well. Yeah, and that's the most frustrating part is that, like, if this is a crossing route over the middle and he's, you know, something dumb happens because of a deflection, it's like, well, why in the hell did he run that? It was supposed to be towards the back pylon, you know? In theory, yeah. it's supposed to be you score a touchdown or it's incomplete and you get out of or there. Or it's out, yeah. Yeah, and, like, that's the, that's like, damn, he, 
didn't even give your offense a chance to stay on the field yeah. with how bad the throw well, was. I also don't understand why why you put the shortest guy on the fucking team catching a back pylon ball. Like, yeah. That also made <laughs> no sense. It's questionable to me. from a ton of different where, spots. Where, like, design wise, where I'm was Fedoni in that spot? Sitting <laughs> into the pylon. Fedoni was over on the right doing nothing. <laughs> Probably blocking some guy out of bounds. Or, or tweeting at us. Play. Yeah. Or, or tweeting at <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was he's, shushing you. He's getting those thumbs ready. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I had on the defensive side thing was just to say, yeah, they played they played in a fucking amazing bounce back game. Uh, I sent it to you guys earlier. It came out the weekly grades. Uh, Omar Brown was eighth in the country for grade out for this week. Yeah. Uh, did you notice there were two uh, Oregon State players ahead of him on that? I didn't look at everybody else. Fucking so. crazy. Weird, weird for that. They didn't play that great of a game. But regardless. But like I said, the big thing with the Omar Brown being on that. He didn't even practice last week, and he had that good of a game. Yeah. No, well, I hope they don't practice him much this week. Sounds great. <laughs> Keep him fresh. <laughs> Keep him fresh. Keep him fresh. Omar Brown and Ty Robinson; those were going to be my players of the game on on the whole whole team for this because I thought Ty Robinson, like he's been kind of playing second fiddle to Nash Hutmaker, yes, pretty much all season, and this almost seemed like it was his game to shine. I felt like he took a little pressure off Hutmaker by the end of the game, and that's why you saw Hutmaker make a couple more plays there. I, yeah, I think he's totally played agree. just as good as Hutmaker has. It's just that Hutmaker has had, had more splash plays. He's been getting to the quarterback, and yeah. he gets there, he finishes the drive. And he's the guy running up the gut. Like mm-hmm. When you're coming up the middle, when you're lined up on nose, and you're getting to the quarterback, that's that brings attention. I don't care oh, yeah. what level you're playing at. If that man, if the big guy is getting up the middle, that's that's going to bring some attention. Especially how big those two guys are specifically. <laughs> big fuzzy polar bear. How bad were the were the questions? Uh, we actually did really well. Really, I did say I was going pessimistic, and I'd be mad if I was right. I won the week. I we, I went six and two. You guys both went five and three, and the fans went five and three. So actually, so we're all I mean, tied now uh, on the season. Us three are tied. The fans are two behind us. You suck, jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want me to just fly through these real quick? I don't even think we I don't even listen. care about the okay, specifics. Okay, that's fine. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> N- nothing really, like, I mean... We all did good on the shit that was bad. We all did bad on yeah. the shit that was good. And uh-huh. we just continue. Yeah, no, it was... Were there any stumpers that were crazy? No. No. No, that... We did not get to the over on the power turn yards, did we? No, we had even six. Even though we had six? Yeah. Yep. Well, they only punted three times. Wait, I told you, set it five and a half, not eight and a half. Over would have been great. We returned to punt. Be excited. Yeah. <laughs> for positive yards. It wasn't, just, that part. it wasn't just a fall forward. <laughs> yeah. God. Good shit. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history. 